0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals. Sponsored by SiriusXM Canada, SiriusXM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to siriusxmca shops for details. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm your host, Peter Bulmer, and today I'm joined by Jeffrey Harmony, manager of the EOLCS slash DEF slash MOM American Petroleum Institute program. He also oversees the Aftermarket Audit Program, AMAP, which purchases and tests thousands of diesel engine oil samples globally to ensure conformance with the required specifications. Jeff, yeah, thanks for joining us. That's quite a mouthful I had to get out there.
1: Thanks, Peter. I'm really glad to be with Auto Service World.
0: Yeah, so for anyone who wants a little bit more information on that spiel, I just ran off. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing over at the American Petroleum Institute, what your day-to-day looks like, what your background is? Kind of give us a quick little introduction to yourself in your own words.
1: Sure thing. So, you know, as manager of the EOLCS and DEF primarily programs, as well as the MOM program, uh, you know, I work here at API headquarters in Washington, D.C. But essentially with Engine Oil in particular, managing a voluntary program that oil marketers can sign up for that allows them the use of the API quality marks. So for those folks who are in the oil change business, you are probably familiar with the API Starburst, the API Donut. You can find these on packages of oil found on shelves around the world. Essentially, I manage that program. Licensees will provide information about their products and submit formulations on those products. API will verify that they meet the specifications that are claimed and then give them access to the, use those marks in their marketing materials. And, and the Aftermarket Audit Program, the AMAP program that you mentioned a minute ago, is our way of ensuring that those oils are of quality because we are out in the field around the world purchasing these oils in the aftermarket, whether those are in bottles or whether it's from bulk channels to quick lubes, and then testing to ensure that those oils meet the formulations on file with us at API. And this this assures product quality. And we have a very, very similar program lined up for diesel exhaust fluid as well. Yeah.
0: Now, how have standards for gasoline and diesel engine oil change over the years? And what does that mean for shops and installers in particularly?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it means it's doing a little bit more due diligence these days. You know, as engines have become more advanced, and of course, with the continuous need to drive towards higher fuel economy, better emissions. You know, a lot has been asked of the engine oils that service these vehicles. So in partnership with the OEMs and with the additive companies, the oil marketers, API develops uh, the latest gasoline and diesel engine oil standards. So just to give you an update on where we're at, you know, we just launched. Well, it seems like just, but really it was back in May of uh, the COVID year, we launched the latest gasoline engine oil standards, ILSAC GF6A and GF6B. Those are essentially the new ILSAC standards that would replace GF5. GF6A is a backwards compatible standard to earlier category of GF5, which incidentally just went obsolete this past May. Whereas the newer category, GF6B, um, is specifically for those very low viscosity grade oil of 0W16. I know that's not very common yet here in North America, but, you know, the trend towards low viscosities is here to stay for sure. And um, GF6B, we had to introduce a new API certification mark known as the Shield so that these oils would be easily identifiable by consumers, by folks in your listening audience uh, to prevent misapplication of these super low viscosity oils into older categories. And with respect to the diesel engines on the road, the trend is, is similar as well. So we are trending towards lower viscosities. We've got Two categories, the two most recent categories are API CK4, which is backward compatible to all previous API diesel engine oil categories, and FA4, which, again, deals with the very low viscosities of 5W30 and 10W30 that you're seeing now specified for on-highway diesels and, and other applications as well.
0: There's obviously a lot going on in the oil world, different trends towards different viscosities. How is a technician supposed to keep all this straight?
1: Yeah, it's definitely got to be a challenge for those folks that are managing shops and servicing vehicles of all ages and different requirements. What I can tell you is that it is best to make sure that you are aware of the requirements for the vehicle types that are typically coming into your shop. There are a lot of oils out there and there's definitely a need to develop a plan for which oils you intend to carry uh, at a particular shop level, what volume of those oils needs to be. But for the technicians out there making choices of which oils to service their customers' vehicles with, it's important to stick to the owner's manual recommendations. These engines have been designed with oils of this quality level in mind to optimize their performance, to give those folks that fuel economy that they need, and the trust that they need that those oils are going to successfully cover all corners of the engine and provide the level of protection that the OEMs had in mind when they designed the engine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what other tips can you offer for the guys who are actually handling, storing, and ultimately using these
1: oils? Yeah, there's a lot to cover here. But again, you know, it all starts with that plan. Figure out what oils you need, what oils you've used in the past develop a plan of what oils in the future you're going to need in terms of what volumes estimate those volumes particularly if you're if you're servicing newer engines and you have a, a, a large customer base of older engines but the good news is you know if you are filling a vehicle with uh, one of the more current categories we do have backwards compatibility between the API SP back to the earlier categories so that should take some of the pressure off the important thing about having all these oils around the shop and making changes in the shop is especially when you're dealing with uh, replacing uh, one type of oil in one of your uh, bulk tanks down in the service bay, make sure that that tank is properly drained, cleaned out. co of oils definitely leads to some issues that we've even detected in audits throughout our auditing program history. Uh, so, it's really important to ensure that you're fully draining that tank, not commingling a 530 with a 15W40, for instance. And then, once that tank's been dedicated to that oil, ensure that you're clearly marking those oils with the relevant viscosity grade and any categories, service categories, whether it's API, whether it's an OEM specification. Uh, make sure it's clearly labeled so that the technicians. Have no opportunity to, uh, you know, accidentally grab the wrong nozzle, what have you. Even the nozzles themselves should be labeled in this manner. I know here in the states, there's some regulations that are in place from a state to state basis uh, that require reporting out to your customers exactly what oils have been filled in your oil uh, into the crankcase. So establishing labels on every particular Aspect of the shop is very important, and then of course the education piece. Part of the reason why I'm here, right, is to keep uh, technicians aware of the current gasoline and engine uh, diesel engine oil categories, and we have a wealth of information on our website, including our motor oil guide. If you Google API engine oil guide. Uh, that should pop right up for listeners who are interested. If you give them my contact information, we can send these out to your folks to distribute among the shops as well. It's a good good piece of uh, literature to have up on the shop wall. Well, so since we're on up, the
0: topic and this might be a good time to just uh, let everyone know how they're able to reach you if they want to.
1: Yeah, sure. So I've grown to just advise people to Google API or um, API engine oil licensing and, you know, through there, you'll be able to obtain the proper link to who you need to contact for information. But again, we can provide some uh, information to you all to disperse. I'll give out my email address and things of that nature as well.
0: That's great. I know you're also working with the diesel exhaust fluids. That's something that a lot of our you know, shop owners have to deal with for customers with diesel engines. So what should shops know about storing and handling DEFs?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, diesel exhaust fluid is something that's becoming more and more common at the, you know, at the oil change shop locations, right? We're seeing more light duty diesel engines, vehicles coming into the shops. And generally the way the DEF tank works for that is, you know, as a as a vehicle's up for an oil change, generally they're up for a, a refill on the DEF. So I, I know that your listeners are probably storing DEF. So one of the biggest misconceptions that we have Uh, among shop owners and, and folks in general, is the belief that the urea concentration of the DEF is really the only thing that matters. You know, this is the thing that drives the onboard diagnostics that will, you know, derate an engine if you put in just plain old water. And that's true, that is very important, but there's plenty of characteristics with DEF built into the quality specification, the ISO 22241 specification that are important as well. One of the things that you can certainly do is, you know, if you're responsible for purchasing DEF for your shop, I would recommend first that you uh, try to ensure that that DEF supplier has their products licensed with API. Again, API does license in the same manner that we do with Engine Oil. We We have a vast network of collectors out there sampling and testing DEF all around. So in terms of purchasing decisions, those are some of my recommendations. Now, when it comes to handling, that's a different animal. Because DEF is a certain concentration, one of the pieces of good news for you folks uh, up north is that you don't necessarily need to worry about death in the freeze-thaw cycle. It's actually formulated specifically to allow both the urea and the water in the DEF to not only freeze at the same temperature, but also thaw at the same temperature. So if it's been a super cold night, If the truck's been parked for a while, you needn't worry when you turn on the vehicle in the morning, it's going to warm up the DEF and it's going to be at the proper concentration. The really tough part though, especially down here in the States and especially in the Southern States is that DEF is very much temperature sensitive at the high end. The higher the temperatures that you store your DEF, the lower the shelf life is. So down here, this sort of rule of thumb is if you can store your DEF at temperatures below 86 degrees Fahrenheit, the shelf life of that DEF will be nominally around 12 uh, months. But if, if you've got storage conditions at, you know, 77 degrees room temperature, you're going to double the shelf life of that DEF as well. So something to keep in mind. And uh, certainly if you're dealing with re- packaging, package products, you want to make sure that you're using your oldest DEF in stock first and constantly rotating that out as the new stuff comes in.
0: Now, Jeff, I've kind of been curious as we've been talking, thinking to myself, how is the API doing these kind of oil tests in terms of quality control? And like, what's the actual process like to test the oil?
1: Well, um, we collect uh, thousands of samples around the world. Um, we have licensees in, in every corner of the globe. Essentially, as we get our samples in from the field, uh, we work with independent laboratories to analyze those samples And then we um, compare the the test results and and we're running over 20 individual tests per engine oil sample and, and more on some others. And then we compare the results of those test data against the formulations that we have on file. And then because the way of our online licensing system works, we can engage directly with the oil marketer responsible for that brand. And work with them to resolve any oil quality noncompliances. We may, we're also evaluating packaging, for instance, to make sure that the marks are being used. They are trademarks after all. There are some rules around the use of those trademarks. And any of those findings that we have put together, you know, we will work with the marketer responsible for the oils until they resolve them to the API satisfaction. And if they do not, then obviously you know, we have grounds to discontinue licensing of that product. The other thing that we're out there doing with our aftermarket audit program is trying to find those bad actors that may be out there using the API trademarks or marks that uh, look similar to the API trademarks that are clearly intended to deceive consumers into believing that they're API licensed. And we have a couple of tools to sort of protect against that. One of those is the online API licensing directory, which you can Google API engine oil license directory, and it'll be the first link there. You can verify the authenticity of any product claiming to be uh, licensed. And you can do that with diesel exhaust fluid as well. And we also then um, take these bad actors and post them on a, a listing, a very public listing of unauthorized oils or counterfeit oils that are using the marks without API's permission. So- Kind of like a shame list almost. Yeah, it's the naughty list. <laughs> kind of reminds me of santa keeping
0: his good list (laughs) now there's one more thing i want to ask you before i let you go obviously it seems like more oils are being pumped out so quickly it seems like almost every year some of our advertisers have a new oil out Mm -hmm. how does the API keep up with all the testing required all the new technologies that are going in to better serve your consumers
1: yeah well i mean the good news here is that you know while the oil brands that become available that make purchasing uh, choices difficult for your listeners, you know, the the key is that these oils are formulated to a particular API specification. What I mean by that is that two various oils claiming to meet API SP performance and licensed by API you can be assured that the quality of those oils are going to be sufficient for your vehicle if the OEM recommends that level of protection. We do have at present, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but we have over 23,000 individually licensed oils in the API program. And part of that is not just brand names. It's not 23,000 brand names, but because viscosity grades differ and, and API claims differ, you know, API treats each of those various combinations as a unique product. So there are a lot of engine oils out there to choose from. Um, the importance, again, and I can't stress this enough, is just to make sure that you are choosing the proper oil as your OEM recommends in the owner's manual.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the big takeaway here. Yeah. I, I had a lot of stuff to keep track of my job, but 23,000 oils seems like you got me beat.
1: <laughs> there's more every day.
0: Yep. Keeps getting a job at least. Before I let you go, is there anything else you wanted to mention that we didn't get to touch on together?
1: Yeah, I I guess I didn't spend enough time on this either. I'd like to just mention that, you know, in addition to, you know, purchasing oils off the shelf at the local big box stores, uh, we also do a great deal of sampling at the quick lube level. And I think it's important to remember, you know, if somebody shows up to a quick lube, I can understand uh, the knee jerk reaction to be worried about, you know, oh, I'm I'm going to get in trouble. I don't I don't want to subject my uh, my oils to this. But I just want to remind listeners that if we do happen to randomly pop in to take a sample, what we're doing is we're actually verifying the quality of the oil marketer's product. And so we deal with the marketers individually on that basis. I know there can be some misconceptions out there that we're we're after the uh, you know the the quick lubes and and what have you. But really, what we're trying to do is uh, assure the quality of the products that those loops are purchasing and, in turn, selling to their customers. So, uh, I would just, you know, close in saying, don't be afraid if API comes knocking at the door. We're just out there to ensure that quality engine oils are out there and available to your listeners and available to your listeners' customers.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much. Okay, well, I think that's going to take us, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
1: Sure, I'd love to come back anytime.
0: All right, we'd love to have you. Okay, and that is another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. Thanks for stopping in. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor. We're also sponsored by APEX, the Automotive Aftermarket Parts Expo. The annual APEX show is in Las Vegas this November. It's where the industry meets face-to-face with current partners and new suppliers to discuss products. Take three days to get up to speed on changing standards and technology to handle your customers' toughest challenges. Stay on top of new trends and gain actionable insights to enhance company culture and your management style. For more information and to register, visit www apexshow.com